0: Welcome to Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about
1: storytelling. Stories We Don't Tell is a monthly event in Toronto that features candid stories of strength and resilience. I threw out my
0: prayers,
1: they went flying like balloons. The air whipped our hair, we went shooting down the valley. Knuckles gripped upon the handles, shivers rushing down my spine. What's a blind always comes at the moment.
0: I've always loved the rain. I think it's something that I inherited from my father because in the summers of our childhood I would always see him sitting at the back porch staring out onto our garden just listening to it fall. But today, today I could not be happier that the predictions were wrong because even with the bright warm sun. After two blocks a thought began to creep in. I had taken on more than my frame could handle. Two more, and it was becoming more certain. Another, and I had to stop and rest. Because 125 t-shirts, even though they're only being half of what we needed, are still way heavier than you possibly could think, <laughs> at least possibly I could think. But I said I would do it, and so I would. Three more blocks, and I had to text for help. But I actually managed to make it the last turn, and it was one half block up that that street when the help arrived in the shape of a red-vested friend. She took one of the boxes, and we made it the rest of the way. Saved. Because, you see, it's September 2014, and a call has gone out to anyone who cares about climate change to descend on New York City for the People's Climate March. When I had, ultimately, 400,000 people would attend, and we were in charge of the Toronto contingent. When i had heard the plans of bringing two buses from Toronto to New York, I had told them to make it three, that I would fill a bus. And with that, suddenly I was a planning partner. Uh, I was one of two emergency contacts, and we ended up filling five. They're here. I point to the closest person in the identifying blue shirt and ask them to watch the room. With their nod, I am off. I sprint down the steps and settle into a jog up the street. I make another, I make a left and into the darkly lit alley. The buses are already here, lining the side streets. And as I meander my way through the crowd, all being shepherded by the blue shirts, a few of them approach me and ask with needs and questions, and I try to answer them as best as I can without stopping. I find the CBC cameraman, and we set up. His camera's floodlight shines against my face and onto the idling bus behind me. And with all the thousands of things I need to do, he asks the first question. So why are you doing this? I freeze. Because then that second I realize that I don't have an answer. I've... I could write essays on this topic, but a soundbite that he can use? This is not what I prepared for. And so... I stand there until I realize I've been pausing too long and I just begin to talk. Because, because someone has to. Because climate change is the moral obligation of our time. Because we must do this for future generations. Because this. Because everybody should be on the streets with us. He stares at me blankly. You sound like the hippies of my time. I can't tell if that's a compliment. But I bomb the interview to my standards. And I can't help but feel I've failed everyone who's rushing around me preparing for this trip. But I have no time for that. And so I thank the reporter and run back to the room, leaving that fresh anxiety on the sidewalk cement. You will exit the bus. You will stand by that door. You will not enter until you are signaled to. Use the bathroom first because as soon as you cross the border, you must immediately be back on the bus. The officer was stiff in language and demeanor. And so I led the charge into the dank bathrooms and was first in front of the glass door of the border crossing holding space. It's bright lights. Cold night air. Cement chain-linked fences, and I'm beckoned in. See, I've been terrified of this border crossing since the second I signed on to do this. And it's easy, almost bafflingly so. I mean, we had trained everyone on the bus to make sure they would always replace the words protest with the word march, but I never anticipated that New York would be an acceptable re- place that we could be going. Or that there's a climate march is an acceptable reason as to why. But with passport back in hand, I immediately scurry back into the bus as quickly as possible so they can't change their mind. <laughs> and as I sit there waiting for everyone else, they keep coming back one by one by one. All, Ill- all commenting with the same ease. Until a single woman approaches me who's gone a little pale. Her seatmate was stopped, asked to stand and wait. And so I get off the bus to try to find out what's happened, but I'm not allowed back inside, so I end up standing outside the bus like an idiot, just counting people as they walk in. One, two, three, fifty, fifty-one. Shit. We're missing one. I need to get my stuff. Our comrade is being manhandled out of the border pavilion. I don't have any money. How am I supposed to get home? The officer looks at him. That's not my problem. I, need, I, I don't know where I am. How am I supposed to get home? Sir, just get your stuff. My, my, my jacket's on the bus. His, his seatmate hears this and runs back up the steps and he turns to me panicked in his eyes what am I supposed to do I I don't know I pull my wallet and give him everything that I have but it's all American maybe maybe we're close to Niagara Falls maybe go to Niagara Falls maybe take a taxi and then, and then bus home to Toronto from there the suggestion is weak, and I know it, but honestly, I just don't have a better answer. The teammate returns with a jacket, and we're, the officials order us back on the bus, and we drive away. The rain is so light that you can hardly feel it hit your skin. It's only noticed when a soft breeze sends shivers down my arm and wakes me from my trance-like state. A ways off, the the droplets are illuminated in the bright gas station lights. And they give a thickness to the 5 a.m. air that not even the chugging of the idling bus can break. To my right, there's a partly illuminated sign that reads, No standing at any time. I had yet to sleep, but I didn't expect to. Because nerves are a hell of a lot more effective than caffeine. I counted six, maybe seven people got off the bus, but it's hard to count when they keep doubling back because of the rain. The bus squelched, and the rain picked up, and I stood cemented in place. My aimless anxiety and sleep deprivation pulling my consciousness up and away from anything based in sense impressions. A friend slips down the steps and out into the elements, and she approaches me to ask how I'm doing. Well, I lie. She smiles, hearing the falsehood, but being kind enough not to call me on it instead settles for a comforting hand on my shoulder as she walks past, and water begins to form puddles against the curb, rippling outwards from where the droplets strike the surface and I go back to standing. Slowly but surely, the few passengers returned to the bus, one by one walking past me. A few nod, but nobody speaks. The bus once again full. The bus driver returns, coffee in hand, and ascends the steps and looks back at me, eyes asking what the fuck I'm still doing. I look up, at the dark, clouded sky, and I feel the water run across my face and down onto the ground, and I shake my head as if it might clear the haze because I need to move. I need to do a head count. I need to get back on the bus. I need to get back on the road. I need to get to New York. I need to get all everyone organized. I need to get home. I need to. I need to. I need to. A car drives past on the highway, briefly illuminating droplets. The fog in my brain fails to clear. But the world doesn't care. I need to get out of the rain. Okay, so we'll set the scene. Maybe that was only at this point. It's only Paul and, and myself. Stefan, uh, is typing away, doing other work and she uh She, The next podcast will be on this one. Mm-hmm.
1: So we uh, we just heard a story from you.
0: Yes, that is true.
1: Yes, and uh, what uh, what was kind of interesting, and what we we wanted to talk about uh, just a little bit to follow up that that uh, story was that you went with a pretty firm intention in. Uh, to tell a story about nothing. What does that mean?
0: Well, I, I want to tell a story where nothing happened.
1: Nothing happened, uh, sorry.
0: Yeah, z- telling a story where nothing makes it sound like Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> and I was, there was not a Seinfeld story. As much as I wish I could tell a Seinfeld story, that was not a Seinfeld story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really... Well, I guess what happened was it, I got to this point where the I had a moment I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. I had a moment I wanted to uh, explore mm-hmm. and discuss. Um, because it, it was a really... It, Pactful moment. It was I can't fully explain it even now and I can't really fully explain what it was About it that made it so memorable mm-hmm. uh, but the sort of the moment uh, in the in the story where I'm standing in this in this rain and it was just like It was so surreal mm-hmm. and it was just a moment uh, like you know, I'm in this light rain I, I'm just so stressed out of my mind and yet there's like a, it was like this weird odd calm in this in this whirlwind of just stress and anxiety.
1: Well, it's just interesting, just to, to interrupt you for a the second there, because I know when you're, you know, if you're writing a story or something, and something, it's about some um, uh, bizarre, crazy experience that happened, and you, but like everything around you is is amplifying that. There are are details that you can go into that this happened, and then this person said this, and this, but it sounded like, and from the story we heard that, It was a very internal thing as well. Oh, yeah. uh, You know, you didn't have necessarily a lot of those details to to compare or, or, you know, amplify what you were trying to say.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I was standing outside of a bus. Yeah. (laughs) That was all I was doing. There was nothing else happening. Right. You know, everyone was, like, very sleepily, either sleeping on the bus or walking to inside to go to the bathroom and coming back out. Um, No one was talking. There was nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. It was just this... So there like I actually do spend a bunch of time in the story going through what it was like everything that was happening every little piece of description of what was happening but mm-hmm. it was but it's all serene it's a very serene moment um which isn't the sort of feeling that I was that I even had at the time mm-hmm. um it was a sort of other feeling of a sort of like kind of like a feeling of like being a part of something bigger than you to some extent and mm-hmm. just sort of feeling that weight and just sitting there and being like all of these things are happening. Hmm. And I don't know anything, um, and it was just this funny. And it, so yeah, so so I went out to try to convey that.
1: Well, I uh, one thing that I was thinking about when you were when you were just talking is that uh, a lot of times in in these stories, you're you're looking for a point of action or you're looking for something. Uh, uh, I know you enjoy <laughs> anchoring the story with action at the beginning or the end or you you find something to frame it with or or something like that so What I was curious about was How did you go about starting to do that? What was your process in trying to take because you're talking about feelings basically.
0: Yeah, yeah So what's interesting about this is there's no there's no ending Mm -hmm. Really Mm -hmm. Um, in that it's I get back on the bus I think and we head off that's that's the ending thing Um, in like the stories about this bus trip and it doesn't even end the bus doesn't even get to our destination. And yeah. that was an interesting decision, actually. We had a whole conversation uh, during the process of this about whether or not uh, where to end it and whether or not I could even end it where I ended it. Uh, but it's funny enough, I just told a story about it you know, about a, a little over a month ago now, uh, which is what was going to be the ending of the story uh, by its, in, in itself in this entirely different story. Mm. Um, and the other thing about this story is interesting, is that's different from what I often write, is it's all in the present there's almost no flashbacks there's almost no I'm not going back anywhere to try to get uh to get that feeling out there it's mm-hmm. just it's it, it's about it's a, it's about nothing and happening all live
1: well cuz it's uh you know all those internal things you're talking about is that it's I know you keep saying you're talking about like you wanted to write a story about nothing but then it's about it almost beca- it is about a lot of these universal things then because it is about It was about fear or worry or anxiety and all of these kind of things. So it's how to work all of that stuff into it, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, that and like a lot did happen. That's what's funny about this is that Mm -hmm. I say it's about nothing and everyone's be like, what are you talking about? Uh, A guy got stopped and not allowed to cross cross the border. Um, All these other, you know, there's a lot of things happen in the story, but they're not a part of an ongoing plot. I guess that's what it really is, is Uh that there's not sort of a beginning, middle and end in a action based format, like I often well, obviously well, on obviously, but I often advocate for ending on an action, ending on something like your story ends when, when something else happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in this story, really everything happens in the first half of the story, and the second half of the story is me just talking about standing in the rain, mm-hmm. like it's just like this, uh, or I guess it ends with me actually driving off in the rain, I believe. But like it's still, it's not. It's 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 not a plot based story by any any sense. The plot. What's interesting about it is, I guess, I guess this is what it really is, is that you're taking this idea of an emotional story arc,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and you're putting it over action. Uh, but what really the rise and fall of the of the story is all inside the storyteller.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. uh, I spend a lot of the beginning, um, and this is intentional with very fast paced go, 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 go. You know, this is happening, I'm running, I'm running another place. I'm running, I'm worrying about something, I'm doing something else. I'm doing something else. This is going over there. This is that like it's go, 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 go. And then nothing. And it's just like this rain and you're standing there and that's it. Yeah. And so I think what the battle here was was to create this situation where people would feel the nothing. Mm-hmm. And not wonder what's happening next,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and also to to create the feeling like an ending when really the ending is only an emotional ending and not there's no closure in the action. Mm-hmm. The action just happened and then it wasn't happening and that was the end of the story. Yeah, yeah. and you know, and, I, and again, it's, it's not like I could have chosen a much more obvious end, like mm-hmm. getting to New York.
1: Well, that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was curious about to ask as well. Is that <clears throat> you told, uh, this is part of a story. You were on your way to the climate march, and there was, uh, I mean, that must have been an incredible experience. There was, what, I don't know how many ha- four hundred a people 000, there. Yeah, about 400,000. So, uh, and yet you kind of, this is the part of the story that, that was important to you, where the, the climate march almost would have that, I would assume, maybe have more... Uh, things going on around you that would have created a may tr- maybe more traditional, like you said, plot-based kind of story.
0: Oh, there's a killer ending in that in the middle of that <laughs> uh, in the middle of that plant march. There's a moment. Uh, what's funny is that, about this is that I wrote another. I, there's what's interesting about that weekend is I could write five pieces about it. Yeah, I'd be kind of interested to even try mm-hmm. uh, because you know there was a a night the night before that I had this really interesting bizarre night out with an old roommate of mine. Um, a past girlfriend of mine, and um, and then and then my room's girlfriend, and we were just it was just, oh and my cousin, mm. uh, and it was just like this. It was like cousin. I like and I wrote another piece actually that I replaced uh, about even at that time of being like here are all these people who mean who who've meant so much to me at different stages of my life, mm. but who now in a daily basis I don't see that often. Yeah, um, and. Like and it was this weird like all I know so much of all of you and yet like you know next week I'll see none of you mm-hmm. because you're all in different you know we're not in the same part of our lives anymore right now mm-hmm. um, and it was so that there's like there was that and then, and then in, the, in the actual in the actual uh, March itself there's a moment where we where every single four hundred thousand people uh, had a moment of silence for all the climate uh, people we lost to climate change um, and climate refugees and there was a moment where. Everyone's silent and then this massive roar, which is obviously like the alarm clock, the wake-up call to the world, mm. uh, begins at the front and then flies back. And this a moment where everyone's silent and you just hear this roar coming from you that's right over you. Yeah,
1: like that's pretty wild to be in like in Manhattan, yeah. right? And like where and, – and with half a million people and – it's totally silence. Yeah. And then it comes back to life. It's
0: ju- it was just my, mind- it was a mind blowing experience. And yeah. like, you know, there's, there's that ending. And then there's the ending that I come to, which is the ending of me trying to get back on the bus mm. and, uh, in fighting to find my brother to get back. And that's not like, awesome. yeah, that's which how it started.
1: Maybe, a, uh, will be featured on a future episode. Uh, it probably will. I really like that story. Actually, yeah. I like how it came out.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but like, here's all these like all of those are great endings. Every right. one of them, and all of them are, are more stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could write, mm-hmm. I could really write a whole. St- I kind of want to now. I'm thinking about it. But write more stories, about both those all those events because they're all so packed. But it wasn't. What was interesting was I, when I told the story to, to everyone on the, at the second brunch. Everyone was like, "You don't need that ending." Yeah, the, everyone was. Everyone was pretty unanimous about how uh, they thought the the ending part uh, didn't do what it wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It didn't, and they and they were like, "No, get rid of it." Uh, and so I had to find that that's what forced me to back into this moment of like, okay, uh, I have to end when we're on our way to the con march. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do I make this work?
1: Yeah. Well, it's so interesting, though, when stuff like that happens. And I know I think it's it's probably happened for for all of us when when you just uh, you, you think you've got your story and you write your story and there's there's and then you, you get feedback from other people. And they're like, oh, no, that bit over there. That's your story. You don't need any of that stuff where. I think I don't know how you feel about it, but usually, uh, it's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find. Well,
0: well, it, in this one, this one, it was right. Yeah. Uh, like, I would have, I lost, in, I would have lost an entire other story. I mm. couldn't have told the other story if I had, if I had tacked it on, and there was so much more to the other story. And and I think people felt that. I think what it really was was the other story was about my brother. Uh, and this story was about this pressure building on me, and they were they, the, the emotional theme was so different.
1: Well, see, it's all the stories you were telling about the climate march is interesting, and it's why I, we we like doing this kind of thing of of discussing the stories because there is always when somebody tells a story about an event or about something, mm. you there there's if it's they tell it right and it's a good story, you want to be like, oh, I want to hear more, I want to hear the details behind it. But um, it was just it was interesting to me that you picked like the climate march, and you said there might be some other stories in there, mm-hmm. and you've, you've revisited it, that it is sort of the part of the story where everybody knew about it, everybody read about it in the newspapers and all of that stuff, but that you chose or people suggested, hey, why don't you tell this more personal like this story embedded in there?
0: Yeah, well, it, I still don't know if I'll ever write a piece about the climate march itself. I don't, mm-hmm. like that march, like, again, you're right, it's the most obviously big part of it, but that's not... It's not what's interesting. Hmm. Like what's interesting is the dynamics of every. I would love to know the stories on every single one of those buses. Yeah, that's and like those yeah. are the things to me that I find so fascinating. Uh, and and all the little experiences people had while being there. Um and then getting back like that to me like like march everyone knows what a fucking march looks like. Mm. Like you march and like you ch- you shout things. Uh and there are funny landos inside of it and I think that the you know, one moment um uh, was still was still great but it was like. No one everyone I talk to who talks about this thing is not talking about the actual walking mm-hmm. like the walking part is the is the part that doesn't get the attention mm-hmm. because it's it's not the part that anyone walks home with as the big memory mm-hmm. um it's just that's the part that that's what you brought you there but it's not very for most people it's not the actual conversation
1: yeah well we uh this is this is really this this is really interesting do you feel that you uh, accomplished what you set out to do uh when we started talking at the beginning that you wanted to write a story about nothing
0: did i succeed did I you succeed i don't know i think that kind of is up to the listener mm-hmm. uh because i think i think what i did succeed at was i came as close as i probably could have to really giving people the best example of what i felt like when i sat stood there Mm-hmm. I think that was and that was the goal the whole long. If you know, if you think I is a story about something, or if you think that anything else like that, that's fine. Uh, But if if you felt even a microcosm of how I felt as I stood outside that bus, counting people walking back inside, uh, and just the absolute mind numb, non-existent, like I just didn't feel like I was in my own body. And mm-hmm. if, if if I gave even a piece of that to you during this story, then I think I succeeded. You can find us online at thereapers.org because we're in the life-collecting business. Thanks to Rayana for the theme music to this podcast. You can find out more about her in the show notes or at rayana.ca.
1: This episode of Stories We Don't Tell was brought to you about Seinfeld, where nothing happens.